Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's the show that could probably beat Spurs in Europe. On today's pod, we're looking back on a fantastic atmosphere at the Etihad and looking ahead to Sunday's visit of West Ham. Can the Hammers derail City's title bid? As much as he's alright these days, Moyes would be unbearable. And what of Phil, Kev and Jack? Will they feature? To discuss all this and much more, I'm delighted to be joined today by two outstanding gentlemen who go by the names of Howard and Zach. Hi Howard, you well? Uh, yeah, I'm okay, thanks. I've got a heavily bruised arm, but apart from that... <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I don't even want to ask how that happened, but... Yeah, I probably should explain that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tried to give blood yesterday and it went wrong. So really? I to give blood and now I've got a huge bruise. So. How did it go wrong? I don't. Apparently, my vein bruised as soon as they put the needle in. So, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, medical terms there. So I went straight yeah. back home again. But no, otherwise I'm fine. So, yeah. Oh, good, 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 good. Uh, Zach, welcome back, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Um, I'm doing all right. Obviously, I think you feel a lot better when you uh, when City win, and obviously it was quite a big win in the week. So yeah, yeah. feeling pretty uh, pretty content. Set us up for the weekend, and I don't mind a Sunday kickoff. To be honest, it means you can enjoy your Saturday. It does, it's not ruined in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah, yeah I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I do like that Saturday of doing nothing occasionally. Oh yes, yeah. Well, I mean, we are, I was taking the baby swimming that's been cancelled. City aren't playing. My local club aren't playing. That's been cancelled. Um, we were going to go to Landidno, and the weather apparently tomorrow is scarily bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, the, the sofa awaits. I'm just going to watch some films. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Um, let's get on to uh, this week's proceedings and obviously the game against PSG. Um, we could talk a bit about the game, of course, but what I really want to talk about is the pre-match entertainment, which featured Camel Fat, um, which I was very aware of beforehand. <laughs> Stay, you sent me an agenda for this and you just said, I'm sending you an agenda. I read it. What do you think of Camel Fat? I went, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, Google was my friend, I'll admit that. Um, I did not go on Wednesday evening. Um, you guys did. So I'll start with you, Zach. Um, all due respect, Howard, from a you know a, a younger guy's perspective. Absolutely um, understand, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did you feel about the pre-match entertainment? Did you enjoy it? Did you feel it was a success? Um, well, I think there's two ways of looking at it. I think... Um, ultimately it's there to create an atmosphere and then mm. hoping that has an impact on City winning the game I would say that the atmosphere was a lot better than normal Champions League games and obviously City won so in that respect I don't think you could have done you know any better mm. um, and I think it's it's a difficult to put an act on because obviously you, you've got to cover multiple ages and even within those ages different preferences um, but I think ultimately you need music and to create a, a good atmosphere um, and get people in the mood for it and get people involved and kind of connected with the game and with other people in the stadium. Um, and ultimately, I think that happened and I don't really think you can complain too much about uh, who performed when we played very well and won. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. I think City Square do a lot of great stuff um, outside the ground, but inside the ground, there is possibly a problem that they need to resolve in in terms of building up atmosphere um, Howard, you are actually one of those who do what, exactly what I do, basically, which is, you know, mooch about the ground, have a pint, and then go in right on kickoff. So you missed all this kind of um, 
the music beforehand. Could you hear it outside the ground, kind of, you know, and, and what's your thoughts on it in general? No, I couldn't, know. I've seen a few videos of it anyway. No, I stay in the pub till... At a push, 25 minutes before kickoff in Central Manchester. Then hope that there's a taxi nearby when I walk out. So it's basically getting my seat just in time to boo the anthem. Uh, (laughs) No, I couldn't hear it outside. Uh, Yeah, but just on the side issue, my friend uh, Lou went with a kid. They were there like an hour and a half before. City Square, have a pint, watch, you know, see players arrive. Absolutely love it. She did, the kids love it. It's brilliant what they do outside. Yeah. I think Gary Neville's been going on about it, Anthony, this week. You know, the difference between City and United, part of that is... I didn't you know, I missed that. Oh, just the overall professionalism. Yeah, like the match day experience, of course, Old Trafford's falling apart. It's not, you know, it goes beyond the manager and it's just everything that both clubs have done differently in a way. Yeah. Uh, basically, well, hey, I might be an old fuddy-duddy, obviously, but I do like dance music, but... <laughs> Oh, I did back in the day. I I love, I don't know if it fits in with football though, but to be honest, whatever they do, they're not doing it to fit in personally for me. Mm. So I think dimming the lights and all that sort of thing, putting the blue moon and whatever, I, I think it's brilliant before a match kicks off. I really do. Yeah, Whether the choice of music is favourable to me is utterly irrelevant because as I said, well, you're, not, I you're going to please so. some people, you're not going to please either. I really think to stir the crowd a bit, Maybe, I don't know, personally, like more stirring music, classical, you know, film music, stuff like that, has worked well in the past. But that's just splitting hairs, really. I think just to do stuff before matches like that is excellent. I think the atmosphere would have been great anyway because it was PSG. Yeah. Full house, blah, blah, blah. And, I, I, yeah, it's a big match, even if it is a group stage. So I don't think it's like we would have been silent without this uh, dimming of the lights. But, no, I think it's great. Yeah, the half-time stuff couldn't care less about and I don't think anyone really cares about it. No, I'm absolutely with you on that. I mean, I'm old enough to remember, as I'm sure you can, Howard, in um, the first ever game for Sky, 92, was it, against QPR? Was <laughs> yeah. it Baker Street at half-time or something? Didn't they have, uh, yeah, parachutists coming in yeah. onto the ground? But I mean, they were remixing some some racket because it's at the south end of the stadium, the DJs and stuff, mm. remixing some Manchester classics into dance tunes I thought it was terrible but that's my mm. view Some someone else might love it and I'm not being part of these people that have been since 1985 and just expect the ground to be full of people who've been going since 1985 yeah there's a lot of people moaning about tourists coming in and blah 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 and there were a lot of people just like filming a lot of the match which is annoying in the same way when I go to a gig I can't see the stage because half the crowd are filming it but again it's like well if they weren't there it'd be empty seats because a lot of the old fans don't go to Champions League matches so times have changed it's 2021 I think as a whole City put on a great show off the pitch on Wednesday well, I mean, I agree with all of that. The one thing I really disagree with her was when you said that how you feel about it is, is irrelevant because you, you pay for a match ticket. There's a sizable tract of a city support which are in their 40s and 50s and this music won't appeal to them. I'm not being critical of it at all. Um, but I'll come to you with this, Zach. I'm just trying to kind of illustrate how r- really difficult it is for the club or any club to satisfy all of their kind of audience if you like because you know people have so different tastes and different ages yeah very difficult and um, I do think as well that 
when we played PSG, because of kind of it was the Champions League and you knew maybe um, uh, the ground wasn't necessarily going to be of those normal people that go because people don't necessarily like the Champions League and there was going to be more families and maybe because of some of the PSG players, it, the game was like felt like more of a, of a show just because of the two teams that were playing, which maybe is why they went for someone like Camel Fat um, as opposed to like maybe when they had Blossoms when they played Everton. And I think some of the people outside the ground tend to be a bit more, um, I don't know, maybe from Manchester. Uh, but yeah. the, kind of the nature of the fixture meant that getting getting Camel Fat in, who are quite a big deal to be fair, um, to play was a bit more fitting. Whereas like, uh, I think when they, when they, when they dim the lights and stuff, um, I'm not sure if that was that kind of night, to be honest. I just think that the nature of the fixture meant that going to someone like Camel Fat was, was probably better. And as I said before, like, you can't have everything. Like, the atmosphere was good. Camel Fat, you can't say that Camel Fat playing didn't play a part in that. Uh, and ultimately we won the game which is what we wanted so uh, yeah. yeah I was pretty yeah, happy at the end of the day it's about the game so yeah. a lot of those moaning aren't there until banged on 8 o'clock anyway and are off to the bar after 35 minutes so. <laughs> yeah I think you yeah. just need to get involved get involved at whatever level you want I think Howard yeah, said then yeah. that, that someone he knows goes an hour and a half before the game and watches the players come in like I'm never going to do that but if I'm not there then there's nothing to do with me is it if you're going to if you're going to get in the ground at 8 o'clock then don't complain about the music that was played beforehand especially if we win you're only there to watch us win all all they need is a crossbar challenge at half time when everyone's happy I'm I'm totally with you though on the half time entertainment I mean it's necessary of course it is but really just aim that at kind of you know the families and the kids because I, I've got no time for that half time. I just want a pie. I want to talk about the game. You know, gone the concourse. Um, before I know, it does help to have something that's just to raise that atmosphere. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's been a success, and let's hope there's more of it in the future. Speaking of the future, um, City have got the Amers, the Amers on Sunday. Um, they were brilliant the other night against PSG without De Bruyne, Grealish, and Foden. Um, let's just quickly touch on that, Zach. How impressed were you with the City performance? Yeah, very impressed. I think, I think obviously the players played well, but a lot of that is just down to the, the coaching, really. They're so well drilled, and I think when you think about how we've struggled in the past in Champions League games, when we've had like some of our best players ever, and then uh, on the on the in the against PSG, we were without I don't know De Bruyne and Foden, definitely two of our best five players. Um, yeah, and to have Zinchenko playing up front or wherever he was playing and you know yeah I thought it was it was really good and it's I thought the performance was testament to the, to the coaching really um, obviously the players were great but you know to be able to deal with missing those key players is something that teams don't do teams can't do that and we haven't been able to do that in the past whenever you know Aguero or Silva's been out and for us to roll them over I thought pretty comfortably um Without those players was um was yeah was great. Howard was it a tactical masterclass from Pep? Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I don't know what would happen if he hadn't placed Inchenko there and someone else. But of course, his hands were tied a bit with the absences. Mm. I can't. It was just it was it was great to watch a game as I said on the review where it wasn't the be all and end all like. We knew after about half an hour, both teams are qualified because Leipzig were running right at Bruges. And to be honest, I think we went into the game knowing City are qualified anyway. 
Yeah. Uh, you might think it's a big thing to finish top. It might not. That's the the, the lottery, the kind of lottery of a, the draw that we'll have in uh, a couple of weeks. So it was nice to really enjoy the game just for what it was. And I really enjoyed the game just for a game of football. And I think, yeah, tactically, I think Pochettino's hands are tied a bit because he's got those front three who are lazy asses basically. <laughs> and he has to play deep. But I thought, City, tactically, what we used to, when we were in trouble, City, they used to just cross for the sake of it. You know, when they ran out of ideas of how to get back past the low block, they would just put crosses in and get cleared. And we just kept switching it and switching it and switching it. And eventually it came to fruition and we got the goals. And I think, yeah, I think one manager obviously won that tactically over the other. Yeah, indeed, I'll go along with that. Um, and from Pochettino, he's now up against Moyes, who has set his teams up to defend in the past um, for West Ham, coming, particularly coming to the Etihad. Uh, we've kind of, I wouldn't say success, because you know the track record of West Ham against uh, City is awful in recent years. But they've really frustrated us. I can't see him doing that this time. So um, let's start with kind of you, Zach, on what have you made of the Hammers this season? Uh, and last season too, have they impressed you? Yeah, definitely. I think they've signed, they've gone from signing a load of no-hopers for a lot of money to making sensible signings Yes, yeah. uh, that seem to be working out. And he just seems to have a, a good method and players that are um, involved with that and, and get behind it. And they've got two or three, two or three uh, very, very good players. But the rest of them just seem to work hard and stick to the plan. Um, and yeah, they've done well. They're doing well in the league. They're doing well in Europe. Um, so in a funny way, I think it might have to be more difficult on the weekend than it was in midweek. Uh, yeah, they're going to be a that. lot more competitive. They're going to have a lot more players being more competitive. And um, they're obviously going to be more defensive and, and more difficult to break down. So I think it's a very different challenge, but I think it might be a more difficult game, especially after the weekend when you have to kind of like get yourselves up for it again. Yeah, I completely go into, go into that. Um, West Ham are better than PSG. <laughs> <laughs> but it well, does feel which, that way. I think it does yeah. feel like this is the, <laughs> as big a challenge, at least, as Wednesday. Well, Zach summed it up. I mean, the word competitive sums it up for me. Exactly that. I mean, you said yourself, Howard, a bunch of lazy asses up front, PSG. It's going to be anything but from, from West Ham. They're not going to give us a, a moment's respite. Um, which players have stood out for you, Howard, this season from West Ham? Well, that's it. It's kind of all of them. So mm. I think for the first time, Moyes has never been a bad manager anyway. I think he failed at United because he went in there as if he was acting like he'd won a competition. Rather than believing it. Well, I mean, sorry, sorry to interject, but I've just had to write about uh, United this week and I've looked back into Moyes' appointment. It's staggering. And there were certain little aspects which I missed the first time around. So I knew that he was called to Ferguson's house um, and was basically. <laughs> God, yeah, off- forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and was offered a job. But he wasn't offered the job. He was told. I mean, the actual wording, yeah. what Moyes said is, you're the next Man United boss. Um, but here's the thing he was shopping with his wife when he got the call from Ferguson. I said, can you come over? And he was in Marks Spencer's and he started, and this is his own admission, he started panicking because he was wearing jeans because he was on a day off and he didn't want to turn up at Ferguson's house wearing jeans. So he started looking around at trousers. He was going to buy a pair of trousers from Marks's to wear to turn up at Ferguson's house. Fuck off. What's all that about? How ridiculous is that? God's sake, get, get a grip of yourself, man. You're a Premier League manager with Everton. Have a bit of self-respect. He's a peer of yours, not a bloody superior. 
Um, anyway, sorry, I just felt I had to get that out. I, oh, that you really something... did have to get that out, yeah. Oh, I really did. I was writing about it this week. I was like, what the hell is all that about? So, yeah, I completely agree. He acted like he was a competition winner. Um, mm, but Probably a horse's head in his bed if he had turned it back. <laughs> <laughs> but he has turned things around in his career. I mean, I've, I've come to respect that in him, to be fair, how he, he's managed that at West Ham. Is, is that the same with you, Howard? Yeah, well, I mean, what? He went to Real Sociedad. He went to Sunderland. Well, if you want to destroy your own career, then go to Sunderland. <laughs> yes. Can't hold that against him. Though he was the one that took him down. I think. And he was at West Ham for a year when he kept them up and then left, then came back again. Yes. So, yeah, he's a decent manager at that size of club. Yeah, he's proven it at Everton and he's proven it here. Well, if you give him time, he'll slowly build a really good team. So, never consider him a bad manager. Uh, so, yeah, as I say, he's been a I think even West Ham fans, when he perhaps when he first arrived, wouldn't have been that overjoyed at him coming. But yeah, he's proved it. He he's tactically aware, and you give him time, he'll, but he's he'll put together a, a side that's hard, you know, hard to beat. That's work. That's well organised, and that's what I expect on Sunday. They were well organised. I looked at hitters on the break, though. I've seen from the stats that they're getting more of the ball this season and, you know, developing as a side, slowly, slowly. Mm. Obviously, the Carabao Cup game doesn't tell us that much because it's the Carabao Cup and won't be exactly the same size. But I think it tells us enough that there's even a bit of depth there in the squad. And who stands out? Well, Antonio's the obvious one. But really, it's it's just a well-set-out squad. So, you know, Declan Rice, I think, is coming on leaps and bounds. And yes, he's definitely. him developing is making the team better as a whole. But, you know, you've got... Players I haven't really heard of, like Suchek and Fornals, really. They're just... Ben Rama, I didn't really rate, to be honest, but they're all doing the business for him. So, yeah, you wouldn't really pick one player out. You wouldn't say, well, if that player's out... I mean, I'm telling you, probably because of the goals he's got in him, who's uh, really developed later in his career. But really, the, you know, it's a squad that he's got working together that you saw in the Cup, take a few players out, put a few more in, and they still work. They, they understand the system just like City's team do. Well, I mean, the, the West Ham fans call him the Moisaya, um, which really doesn't work. It, no. It's a no, it does not work. But let's let's stick him with it. So that he's the Moise. I can't even say it. Moisaya, Messiah. It's terrible. Um, but yeah, we've got our own good players, of course, and we'll be missing some of them this Sunday. Um, De Bruyne, most probably. Grealish looks likely that he could feature. Same with Foden. Zach, how important is it that at least one of those three is available? Uh, yeah, massively. Um, as I said before, I think it's going to be a a tighter game and I think they're going to be more difficult to break down because um, you're going to have more men back working hard. So um, the creativity that those three offer, um, I think we, re- we really need to get back into the side. Because um, mm. um, um, I think on the on, in midweek, because they were so open down the wings, obviously there was a bit of creativity to get in there, but it wasn't that intricacy through the middle of the pitch. That option wasn't uh, wasn't needed because the, because it was always on wide. Um, and obviously De Bruyne and Foden uh, are two of our best players. So, uh, you know, if uh, if they were fit, they'd be playing. So, yeah, it is important that they come back. And also, um, Bernardo has played a lot, a lot of games and... Um, we could do it with him mm. not playing, I think. Do, do you think uh, that is, is that a possibility that, you know, there is a danger of burnout for him? And do you think he might possibly be rested for this one? 
well, I think it depends on on how fit they are. I think if the, if those guys don't play, uh, specifically De Bruyne from there, then he's yeah. going to have to play with Gundogan. Yeah. And um, I think it might be just a case of getting him through this week and getting them back, and then next week giving him a giving him some rest because you know we can't really afford to not play him. I don't think. I don't think we've got, especially if those guys are out. There's, there's nowhere there's nowhere near enough creativity either. Um, in the midfield or all the forwards to to cover all them being out plus Bernardo. Yeah, I mean, De Bruyne's got to be out for ten days, I assume. Uh, yeah, the way Pep said it was there's a possibility of West Ham. Um, he needs to have a negative test, doesn't he? So yeah, but, we don't know. know. We don't, we know, don't know, about know if he's got symptoms or anything, but maybe no. just tested positive and still training. But yeah, it does feel like it's Aston Villa for him. Uh, I don't think Grealish should play. So Foden's the most likely. It's, I mean, it's what Bernardo Silva was. On the international, but it was to, was complaining of muscle fatigue, was he not? Mm, and yet yeah. he still won his arse off twice since then and just looked like the Bernardo Silva of old. But we've got Villa midweek as well. It's going to be tough for him to play both. I can't see him playing both. It's so unlikely. I, I believe he'll play against West Ham and be rested against Villa. That's my own personal take on it. But um, it could be either or, to be honest. Um, I really hope that Foden's back. He could be a real difference maker. And of course, Cole Palmer. I mean, do either of you think that Palmer might make an appearance this weekend? <laughs> How would you want to go? I have no idea. <laughs> he could. Of course he could. If he started last week, then yeah. he could start this. If, if, he, to... if he does, do you think that basically says... That's a big statement. I mean, it was a statement him starting last week, but if he starts again... Or comes on it as a, a sub of half an hour to go. That is basically Pep saying to him, "Right, you are one of my main guys now." I think he's already said he's one of. The, it already he's already made that statement. He's one of the squad. Yeah. The next thing is he starts when we've got a fully fit squad. Yeah. Yeah. In a Premier League game, then he's really part of it because he's playing ahead of big players who are available, and we are stacked in that part of the field. So. Yeah. He could, I have no idea. So I trying to read Pep's lineup. Better off just putting some lottery numbers on, to be honest. So. <laughs> but he, he could. He obviously, I think he's already now. If he starts at one Premier League game and not some dead rubber at the end of the season, then, or some dead rubber Champions League, like he may do it at Leipzig, yes. then he is yeah. already part of the squad. Yeah. But the next think- step is to be. As may you know, as likely to be picked as the likes of Grealish, De Bruyne, or Mares, or Sterling, or stuff like that. So you know, it's just one step at a time. Really. Yeah, at this stage, I mean, you know, you said the dead rubbers, but you know, for him, and I know exactly what you mean. Of course, I agree with you. But for him, they are so precious, aren't they? Those minutes right now in terms of his development. Um, so who, whoever it's against, you know, if it is against Leipzig, for example, you know, a player of his of his age, what he can learn from playing against Leipzig. Uh, in the Champions League game is just, you know, extraordinary. So, yeah, it's looking really encouraging on that front. Okay, well, let's get back to the game then uh, and finish off with kind of looking at how we see it playing out. Zach, how do, how do you think this one will play out? Um, I'm torn between a pretty comprehensive win like against Everton and a very difficult post-Champions League game. Um, but I think we'll win 2-0 with a bit of a struggle. I don't know. They've, um, they lost last weekend, didn't they? No, they won two nights, yes. uh, last yeah. night. Um, so, mm, I don't know. Had they lost last night, again, after losing last weekend, then I would be like, more confident of it being more comprehensive. I think we'll win. 
by two goals, hopefully. Okay, I mean, he lost last week, it has to be said, against the most underrated team in the Premier League for me, which is Wolves. Um, you, you look at their stats in the first few games, they created something ridiculous, like 49 missed chances in the first three games. Um, and you just think as soon as you start scoring, and as soon as Jimenez kind of starts feeling more settled after his head injury, then you are a really good team. Uh, and they're, they're proving that right now, Wolves. Um but still a loss, as you said. And so, you know, they, they were, I think it was seven games unbeaten, West Ham. So, yeah, let's see how that affects them psychologically. Howard, how do you see it playing out? Yeah, uh, well, in one sense, a tough game that City should win. So, yeah, I can't see us running away with it like Everton. Much tougher game than Everton. Much tougher. So, a one-goal victory is how, if I was going to predict, I think, yeah, I think it'd be a tough game. Uh, you can I just pick ask you because you said I think on last Friday's show Everton mm. won't be a problem. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah have you not just yeah. said earlier in this that you didn't think West Ham would be a problem either? So. Uh, no, I, I, my my exact words were Everton is shite. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Um, we'll we'll win comfortably on Sunday. As well? No, no, no way. Yeah. Uh, I think I I think we'll win, but not comfortably by any stretch of the imagination. West Ham, any any more you side apart from Wolves at United is going to cause us problems, um, and they're flying right now. Um, uh, so one area, just uh, if they're a bit under cut to depth depth wise I think central defence Sogbanner's done his cruise shits as he mm. not 33 years old as well not a good age to no, well it's never a good time to do your cruise ligaments it's a horrible injury yeah that'll keep him out for the season but at 33 then yeah uh, hopefully he will come back stronger see I think Craig Dawson played last he's unrated I rate him Dawson um, yeah yeah he's yeah. alright but you know I think they can be got at in that part of the Okay, but they will be well organised still. You know that someone comes in, they'll still keep the positions to be organised, but I think they can be got at there. I think it could still be the weakest part of their side. I think they'll create a few chances on the break and they'll score at least once. So I'm going to go for 2-1 for City. Um, and But it will be tight. Uh, one of the main things I'm looking forward to seeing is Declan Rice going up against Rodri, two players who I enormously admire. Um I think a, a celebration of, of Rodri is well overdue on this pod. So, so let's do that now. Mm-hmm. Zach, what's he brought to the party these past 18 months in particular? Um, I'm, I mean, he's been good this season. I'm not, I'm not, I think 18 months is a little bit too long. Um, but I think he's, he's become a lot more central and a lot, a lot better. Um, as we've added more creative players around him. Um, I think. Uh, when our when our best teams play in, we've got Bernardo, Gundogan, De Bruyne, uh, Foden, and, and another, and uh, that's very creative. So uh, his biggest limitation for me is he just can't get the ball forward, um, either passing it or running or, or or however it is, and he can give it to them and they can do it, and he can focus mainly on switching the play and then um, winning the ball back, not necessarily through tackling, but through when it's loose and when they're counter-attacking, which he's very good at. Um, and then he can be a be a platform with the with the two centre halves. Um, but yeah, he's been he's been really good this season. And um, as I said, like you can't you can't. I don't want to have a go at him, but I think that is because we've got a lot more creative players around him, um, which kind of means that his limitations aren't as um, aren't as obvious. Uh, and he and he can focus on what he's good at, which is retaining the ball, keeping it. Um, and also, I think what Guardiola said in the week, like we we need we need more control when we play, and counter attacking is not necessarily our 
our game anymore because we've not got the legs or the speed that we used to have with, uh, you know, maybe De Bruyne, Sane and Sterling. And now that we play is much more intricate and more uh, more controlled and we kind of wait for the moments and, and that suits him better. And I think the whole team's made that full transition to that style of play now and that suits Rodri a lot better. Um, whereas when he came, we were probably still um, still more... Uh, still more like the old style of faster uh, football and um, and yeah but he's been good listen I don't want to say he's, he's not been good he's been really good and he was great in midweek well Howard I mean I, I agree with all of that um, Zach but Howard how, is he, how important is he to the City setup? I mean are you are you missing Ferner at all at this point <sighs> I feel like Chitty un- got him I've not thought about him recently now <laughs> hey, it's <sighs> I say it's one of the most important positions in a Pep team. It, it probably is in any team, mm. or maybe the, all the positions are crucial. So you do you know, if you don't have if you don't have players at the top of the game, then the system falls apart really because it's so precise. And yeah, he's absolutely crucial. I don't. Fernandinho is thirty six now. Mm. I just I can't trust him in a big game because you know this thing called aging and. Rodri, thankfully, you know, a year ago. And let's not forget, he didn't play in the Champions League final, did he? Imagine if he didn't play in a big game now, if he wasn't picked, would be absolutely, you know, yeah, apoplectic rage. Like, uh, well, we weren't very happy with that lineup anyway, were we? So, and just his progress this season has been amazing. But as always, he, you know, said this recently on other podcasts, he's not going to get any faster. He's not going to become a different human being but as always Fernandinho did join us at this 28 didn't really grow into the role for a good year it it takes time and you just hope he adapts to the role understands it better and get, gains an understanding with those around him and he just sees totally at home in that role right now and he's a classy player anyway so he was always yeah. a classy player he just I think you know just sometimes when pressed he just couldn't move the ball on quick enough but it just seems to be good. He's doing what we hoped he would do, which is just slowly grow into the role. Yeah, I think it's important that he's releasing the ball a, a touch quicker as well. I think that's a, a key factor. And, and But overall, he's just been phenomenal this season. There's a video out there, if anyone can find it, of him and uh, Thiago um, for Spain, um, pre-match, just booting the ball to each other 40 yards. Um, you know, just basically volleying, keeping the ball off the ground from 40 yards away. It's it's a brilliant video. I mean, the technique. I, I love watching players warm up before the game when they're just spraying it to each other across the pitch. I love that. I mean, the technique there, and it's, it's second nature to them, but that's where you really see that, that kind of true ability. Um, and that's a great video, if anyone can find that. Okay, um... Let's look beyond the Etihad now to Stamford Bridge. Um, a quick fixture in focus. Chelsea the Man U. Um, Zach, are Thomas Tuchel's men the real deal for you this season? Are they a side that can take City all the way? Mm, I don't know. It's it's a strange one with Chelsea because he's, he's not been there that long. It feels like they can't be as good as what they are because he's not had enough time to make yeah. them. And it, it was a as, as well, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I know, I know he's been there nearly a year now. Um, you just think, I don't know. I, I think about it. I always think like, is it too good to be true that they're this good already? Um, but so in terms of taking us all the way, I'm I'm not sure. I think they're very solid uh, defensively, 
and they've got uh, very good midfielders in that respect. Um, where I think they are might struggle eventually is with their creativity because mm. I'm not really sure they've got too many creative players. They've got a couple of goal scorers. Um, but yeah, and I think we played them off the park when we went when we played them at their place. But they're ahead of us in the league, and I think we've had a decent start. And they've won the Champions League. So, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm not sure if they're the real deal in terms of all the way in the Premier League, but they're, they're a very solid solid side. I mean, their stat this season is, is, is staggering, really, because one of the greatest teams we've all seen is Chelsea in 2004-05, and smashed all those records defensively. And they were just a machine under Mourinho back then, weren't they? And, and Chelsea are, are kind of, you know, got better stats than that team right now. And I know, you know, we're only a quarter of the way through the season, but still, that's a significant percentage of the season undertaken. So if they continue in this vein then they may well go down as a, a great outfit um, with Tuchel being proclaimed as a great manager. But it's a big if, of course. You know, we're a quarter way season. All it takes is a couple of defeats, a couple of injuries. They could drop off a cliff. So, yeah, it, it's kind of an unfair question, I guess, uh, to ask you that, Zach, because you, you don't know where they're going to go and whether they've got the sustainability where we know that City do. But even so, Howard, they're looking good, aren't they, Chelsea? Yeah, well, they do have depth, I think. You think of it, if you're going to say who's got the team to go the whole season, and you you're waiting to see what happens when the injuries hit, and I mm. think they've got loads of depth really yeah. across the field. There's places you forget. I mean, well, yeah. generally, there's places you forget they've got. They had it when Lampard was there, but you know he wasn't good enough at <laughs> making the most of what he had. So I think mm. Tuchel's helped. He's done brilliantly, but he's been helped by coming into a squad that really didn't need a lot of work doing to it. There's still loads of great players there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Chilwell is that was that a bad injury the other night. So. I, I just know it was an injury. I didn't see any more details. They no, they said, com- they said, yeah, they said it was it was strange. He said he think it's his ACL. He's definitely out for the rest of the year, as in twenty twenty one. They're not sure if he's out for the rest of the season. It seems a bit hmm. weird. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can't be an ACL. ACL is yeah. a season always. Yeah. Well, they said they, they've definitely damaged it, but they don't know the extent. Oh, so he's right. out for the rest of the year, but they're not sure about the season. But that's only a month anyway, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. it's a big loss if he's out for the season or even three or four months because he was he was frozen out for a bit, but he's been using, you know, Tuchel's got the most out of his full-backs. Uh, oh, God, yeah. Chilwell's yeah. banging form and yeah, to lose key players like that, they might, you know, it, who knows which way this season's going to go for City, Chelsea or Liverpool, but they are absolutely contenders for the title. Absolutely. Well, and probably one of the three favourites, four favourites, I would say, for the Champions League. Yeah, City, yeah. Liverpool and Bayern Munich. Yeah. Well, I mean, as regards to this weekend, they must go into this as favourites because, you know, United go into it in crisis. But it's a crisis. They they have... I don't know how to word this. It, they, they've basically put the shoes on as regards to heading in the right direction out of the crisis. They, they haven't made any inroads as yet, but they've finally made an appointment in Ralph Rangnick. Um, they, they won uh, in midweek to qualify from their Champions League group. Um, wait really to say that things are looking up for them but how do you feel about kind of them bringing in Rangnick for a season Zach because for me he's someone he wants to take full control of the club make all the decisions and then six months time he could well be off and then they bring in Pochettino who's going to want to make all the decisions and they could be completely different to Rangnick they could be getting themselves into an unholy mess from an unholy mess Um, (laughs) it just seems a bit daft for me but it could work I mean 
Firstly, how do you see it going under Rangnick? And is it the right appointment? Is that, have, they, have they done the right thing getting an interim in? Um, well, you don't, I don't, I don't know. You don't, I've got, well, faith's the wrong word, but I don't think that people who run their club know what they're doing. Mm, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, um, at all. And I, to be honest with you, I've never really heard of this guy, but if they have made some plans, which I doubt they have done, and they know who they're going to get in the summer, then obviously getting someone in for the rest of the season uh, who can maybe implement the style that's going to then come in the summer it isn't the worst idea. Um, but I think the style that he's been taught, that I've seen him speak about like since he's been appointed, is in contrast to what a lot of their players actually want to do, <laughs> yeah, um, which, is, though, which, yeah. is, which yeah. is running about. And, um, Can't wait to see Ronaldo gegging pressing. <laughs> yeah, him and Fernandez. <laughs> um, so yeah, who knows? I didn't, I didn't. I hadn't even heard of him to be honest with you before it, the news broke. Um, I would have. I wanted Steve Bruce to get in there at the end of the season. To be honest, that would have been amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I watched Rooney. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of journalists today who are experts on Ralph Rangnick. You know, you and you think, well, yeah, you've clearly just done your research last night, uh, which is what I did, and I'm happy to admit that. Um, if you read you, those reports, like if you don't know who he is, or read them, think, oh my god, this guy is the premier, yes, <laughs> the <laughs> most influential man in football of the last 25 years. Yeah, he must have won everything, and they oh, won into Toto Cup, <laughs> but he's well, not. He's there. Really, I think it's obviously. It's better than what they have. Having him in and Solskjaer mm. out is a big improvement. But he's really there for following seasons to be to have that control behind the scenes, and they'll be better for it for that. Having someone with a philosophy, any philosophy, style of play, and ideas of what he wants from players, overseeing the club, they will be better for that. Yeah. How do you how how do you see it going at the weekend? Do you think it could be? It would be typical United to, to pull off a 3-1 win or something like that. I hope they do, because at the end of the day, I want whatever's best for City all the time. Not that uh, I never, cheer, yeah, never yeah. cheer a United goal, but at the end of the day, it's better. They're not winning the league, United, are they? Let's be honest. I I, I want Chelsea to win, because I, I you know I obviously don't want United to win. It no, would I want be a, City it would to be, win the league. So. But, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It would be a consolation for me if, if United won. At least then, after once it's happened, I'll be like, oh, okay, that helps us. But during the game, I'll be, I'll be cheering on but, Chelsea. Well, the trade-off is always a draw, but honestly, yes. I think Chelsea win easily. I, I believe so. Better say, I, better it's not... I don't think he's got his work permit yet anyway. Uh, I assume Carrick will still be in charge. Mm. I can't see him. Do you think he's going to tactically beast Thomas Tuchel? I think it's unlikely. Yeah. And exactly. I watched the Villarreal game because why not? Uh, they were good the last half hour, but they were bloody awful again for an hour. Really yeah. pretty poor United. Nothing's really changed. If you're going to have someone in charge who was there beforehand... Then you, well, exactly. Who was doing the training anyway? Then what differences are you expecting? Different. He may pick a slightly different team, but really the the essentials are going to stay the same. So until he's in there and has had time with the players, then not a lot will change. Yeah. Zach, do you go along with that? Can you foresee a, a comfortable win for Chelsea? Um. Yeah. Pretty, pretty straightforward. I'd have thought. Um. Mm. I think, as alluded to there from Howard, like. If the guy who's still there is doing the training, what's gonna 
what's going to change really I think they might they might put a bit more effort in but the, the quality and the method is not going to be implemented by Carrick especially Carrick in, in three days so yeah pretty comfortable they might score 3-1 I'd have thought something like that well if our predictions come true then Chelsea win comfortably City win uncomfortably um, and we can sing that lovely song that felt more like singing the blues um, thanks lads I really enjoyed that uh, thanks as always Howard yeah, really enjoyed that. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming Zach, back, Zach. No, yeah, thanks for having me back. Cheers. And thanks everyone for listening in. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you have a good weekend. That's a wrap for today, folks. We're off to check out Camel Fat on Spotify, but but with the sound turned down because two of us are knocking on a bit. <laughs> in the meantime, take care of yourselves, be well, and forever up the magnificent blues. <laughs>